0: I just want to speak um, really as a continuation of the fact that God wants to break some things in our lives, and it it may not be um, an addiction. Um, It may be things, if you've noticed, there's been a a, a common kind of trait in the last couple of weeks, and uh, Pastor Kathy spoke last week about forgiveness, and then this morning um, about Fear and ensuring that we forgive and ensuring that we know that the perfect love of God will come in and dispel and take away all fear. And I just really sense the spirit of God is 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 being really determined and saying any and every obstacle that's going to keep you away from God. He's been really determined every service. No, we're removing unforgiveness. We're removing offense. We're removing fear. Anything that's going to be a hindrance or an obstacle between you and God, man, God is moving things away and saying, no, I won't have, He won't have that as a part of your life anymore. He won't have that as a crutch for you to lean on. And this is my support and this is how I get through life and, you know, I I hold this grudge or this offense and this is kind of where I get my energy from, Um, but instead that God's going to replace those things with the fruits of the Spirit. And so tonight, just a scripture up on the screen I want to start with is Joshua chapter 1 verse uh, 6. And here the Israelites, uh, we're going to take the promised land and Moses had just died, the amazing Moses and Joshua had been called into leadership. And these these four words at the very beginning of the verse, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, Um, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. See, God has an inheritance for us here, Equipper's Church, and that inheritance is in this city. In fact, I would say the inheritance is this city, that this city is one for God, that this nation is one for God. But see, the prefaces be strong and courageous, and then we can go into this land, this inheritance together. And next week, we got equip one in the Vector Arena. And come on, what this is the prophetic statement. This is the inheritance. This is the God. We're here for our city. God, we want to go forward. And so here, yeah, be strong and courageous. And that word strong, it means having, showing, or being able to exert great. Bodily or muscular power Byron knows all about that (laughs) Right (laughs) (laughs) Pastor Bruce says I hadn't noticed (laughs) (laughs) Having, showing or being able to exert great bodily or muscular power Be strong Have the ability to, to be able to exert bodily power And the church is referred to as the body of Christ. And so when we're talking about strength, we've got to understand it's not just your strength. But what happens when God takes fear away from your life and forgiveness and grudges and offense and addictions and insecurity and unhealthy comparisons and all of those things. When he takes those things away from your life, you're actually able to connect with people more. It's the body of Christ, right? Because when you're busy being offended at people, you don't want to connect with them. And as long as you don't connect with them, you're not going to be able to effectively be a part of the body of Christ. And if you can't effectively be a part of the body of Christ, we can't have strength. There's a lot of breath. And so this is why, come on, we've got to be able to exert power, but the key is together. And so God is saying, okay, if we're together going to be strong, then individually, I've got to start. I've got to start making sure. He's got to start making sure that there are things that that shouldn't be a part of your life that they've cut off in Jesus' name. What a loving, loving God. So kingdom strength, I dare say or God-designed strength is therefore directly proportionate to your ability to connect with God and connect with people. Connect with God and people. Fantastic. It's a great thing for you to be able to connect with God. But if you can't connect that with people, well, what do you have to offer them? What do we have to offer our families? What do we have to offer our workplaces that they just can't get for themselves? Yeah. Well, what happens if we're connected to people and not connected to God? Well, we, you know, we get like compassion fatigue. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We just get right. burnt out. We right. just get annoyed wow. with people. Wow. Oh. And we just have like, you know, like our own little clique. Wow. <laughs> and we start excluding people. So kingdom strength, God's strength, I think is directly proportionate to how we connect with others. So tonight, I I, want to speak from John in chapter 15, because, you know, this verse, this scripture is awesome. But it's it's the pruning scripture. Oh, man. Right? So go to John 15 and your paper Bibles or your electronic ones. And it says this. I am the true grapevine, this is Jesus speaking, and my Father is the gardener, (laughs) not you. (laughs) He cuts off every branch of mine that does not produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do produce fruit, so they will produce even more. So look either way. (laughs) Either way, if you're not bearing fruit, you're gonna be pruned. If you bear fruit, you're gonna be pruned. Right, either way. Either way, there's pruning going on. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. I guess my question to you tonight is how good is your connection? How good is it? How good are you at connecting? How good is your connection? I think some of us have like the dial-up kind of connection, right? Your connection's like really noisy and annoying, right? It's like, oh man. Right, and it, it's, it, it can only happen like a, you can't do simultaneous connection, right? When someone tries to dial into that connection, it gets cut off. Right? You don't have enough power. You don't, you don't have the ability to connect wider than just like you and one other person. Sometimes you have the dial-up connection. Some of us have moved on to the Wi-Fi. Hey, right, you know? My husband used to be like a, I don't even know what it was, like a laborer. I don't know. Oh, a technician, he says. A technician. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I was trying to check these facts through with him this afternoon, but he was, you know, half asleep. Um, (laughs) So he used to connect the ultra-fast broadband things in the ground. Um, And all I know, uh, and I don't know much, well, like, right, he used to work with the Whaleolos, hey, the Whaleolos are an amazing family. And um, all all I know is that in order to provide a house with this ultra fast broadband connection, him and all these other kind of burly men would have to dig these holes in the concrete and the ground, dig it up, and then lay down this fiber, and the fiber was super fat, but but actually the fiber was as thin as, as the hair but it was surrounded, insulated by so much. And then it would go kind of to the house and the house would have this ultra fast broadband. I think some of us have great deep connections like that, that have been dug deep, right? The hard things in our lives have been dug up And we have this precious connection with God that we insulate with faith, that we insulate with worship, with praise all the time. And then we're laying it down, and we have this connection with God that is so quick, ultra fast all the time. And we know what it is, right? We walk, and you know what it is. The connection is really important. You walk, you hang out at your mate's house, and the first question you ask used to be kind of, you know, where's the kitchen? Where's the pantry? But now it's, what's your Wi-Fi password? What's your Wi-Fi? Can can I get on your Wi-Fi? What's your Wi-Fi password? Right, that's the first question. Come on, we need to be connecting like that. Any sort of environment we go in, oh God, what's the the password here? Oh, I think it's the password of praise here. Oh, oh, I think it's the password of surrender here. Oh, Oh, I think in this season, it's the password of obedience. Come on! How good is your connection? How good are you with how good are you with connecting? So anyway, the scripture says um, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do. And um, tonight, man, I just sense that God's just going to cut some things off, uh, not because the fruit you're not bearing, not just because you're not bearing fruit, or Perhaps you are and it's time to prune. But when, when pruning does happen, what it does do is it ensures for greater growth. So it, it means that you yourself will be healthier and better able to connect. Better able to connect. And some of us, we need to upgrade our connection. If there's a, first of all, the point I'm going to draw tonight is that God prunes that which is fruitless. So, I did a little bit of research, Wikipedia, about pruning. And see, pruning is a practice that involves removing specific parts of a tree or plant, most often the branches, buds, and roots. Wherever possible, it's best to prune in late winter. This gives the tree Ample time to seal its wounds before the growth season kicks into high gear. Wherever possible, it's best to prune in the winter. Especially, this is the best option for dead or diseased wood. So when there's dead or diseased things, have you ever been through those times, right? where it's the winter of faith, just like nothing's growing, nothing's happening, I'm trying, you know, you done messed up a little bit in your summer, and you didn't sow like you were supposed to, and it is winter time, and you're like, oh man, where's the growth? And then God (laughs) cuts. And you're like, really, really God? You're really gonna take, you're really gonna point out that hidden sin now? when I already have nothing? You're already gonna point out that unbelief now?
1: You're really gonna address that
0: now in the middle of my winter? And God's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cause your growth season is coming. And if we don't cut it off now, it's not gonna be able to connect and grow. So come, cause so if you can. Oh, I wish the band was here, but don't worry, don't worry. We're we'll soon. Um. <laughs> come, come on! I wish we knew. That's why we should praise. I wish we knew. That's why we should lift them up. Cause even in your winter, when God even cuts off some more, and you say, "God, I can't take it anymore. God, I can't do it." is coming. Your spring is coming. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. But what are we to Come on. It's going to break is going to come. But before the gardener even gets a chance, we uproot ourselves and we give up and we throw in the towel. But we were so close. We were so close to the growth in Jesus' name. Come on, vines, they produce fruit. But sometimes, because of life, we produce the fruit of offense. We produce the fruit of fear, like we've heard. We produce fruits of addiction. We produce the fruits of hidden sin and unbelief. And God says that's diseased, and it's not good. And if it stays a part of your life, it's going to contaminate your faith. It's going to contaminate your faith. See, some of you are wondering. And you know, Pastor Kathy spoke about it last week. We're wondering kind of in one area, why there's no freedom. Oh, any freedom in this area. But there's a branch on the other side of your life that's diseased and dead. Right? And it's not like you're two different people or five different people. You're one person. You are one body. And just like a paper cut on your finger. Just like a prickle in your toe, (laughs) when you're every time you walk you feel it. Every time you go to pick up a pen and go to write, you feel that cut. And oh, it's a little cut, but it but it it, it matters. It's all one thing. And so, come on, this is another reason why God prunes because it can't. God refuses that it would contaminate the rest of your faith. That your faith would end up being dead and lifeless because of this one branch, this one thing. Or you, maybe several things. (laughs) So, God wants to prune that which doesn't bear fruit. Sometimes, in the previous season of your life, it was bearing fruit. So, it used to be good, and now it's not. And I don't know who, who it is here, if there's a lot of people here. But I just want to speak, you know, if it's not bearing fruit in this season, you need to let it go. Because yeah. if you keep it attached to you in this upcoming season of growth, it's going to stunt the growth. Good. Yeah. Good good good. So in last year, maybe last year it worked. Maybe last year that strategy worked. Awesome. But this year, new year, new season. Right. And, right. and you can feel God, God, why are you cutting this off? It used to work before. Come on, God, this kind of praise used to work before. Right, some of you have been praising the same way for like 10, 20 years. And then it's, you're wondering why you can't kind of break through. It wasn't me, it was the psalmist that said, sing a new song. I'm just, I'll just move on. I'll move on. i move on to the next one. That's just as good. He proves the branches that do bear fruit. <laughs> so so they will produce even more. You know what I love about God being the gardeners? The end result is that you produce more the end result that God desires in your life. Right. He's like, oh man, I want him to grow. I want him to be the best. they can. I want them to be exactly who I've created them to be. So either way, I love it. That if you don't produce fruit, God's like, I want you to grow. So this is what we're going to do. Right. If you do produce fruit, it's like, oh man, I want you to produce even more. Right. Right. So other times with the pruning, other times there is pruning in a season of growth. And we do prune. we do that, I don't do that. (laughs) Healing from the wound can happen quickly in the growth season to allow for more growth. So there's pruning in the winter, and then there's pruning in the spring or the summer where there's the most growth going on for a plant, and that's because it's the growth season. If it gets cut off, it will quickly heal and grow again. And so tonight, this is more and I guess an encouragement for people, perhaps you're in a space where life is great. Yes, amen. And I wanna say to you, perhaps we should give God the opportunity to prune some of those great things. Because you, us and our limited thinking think, this is how can this get better? That shows how limited we are. <laughs> that is an indication of how limited we are. This couldn't possibly get better. Really? I'm pretty sure it could. Whatever it is, I'm pretty sure it could get even better. I'm pretty sure you want your bank account to hold even more. I'm pretty sure you want your kids to be succeeding even more. I'm pretty sure your business wants to grow even more. I'm pretty sure the influence God has given you really wasn't just for your household. I'm pretty sure it was for your street. I'm pretty sure it was for your community. But would you be faithful enough to even allow God to prune that if he wishes? So I want to encourage people tonight Maybe if you're here and you're doing really well in your business, but there's an area in your business that has now reached its kind of limit, man, perhaps, perhaps God wants to prune it there a little bit. Perhaps, oh, relationally, perhaps relationally God wants to prune. Go in your Bibles quickly to John chapter 11. I was reading this. It's, it's crazy good. So Lazarus, we know Lazarus, Right. Yeah, yeah, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, the fam. Um, So Lazarus was sick, and they said to Jesus, Jesus, your mate Lazarus is sick. Can you come and heal him? And Jesus sits there, and he says, yeah, look, I'll be there soon. And Jesus waits for two days. And then he starts making his way. And in verse verse 15, it says, or Jesus says, verse 14 and 15, he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there, meaning I'm, he's glad he wasn't there to heal him while he was sick. For now, you will really believe. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Come on, let's go and see him. So Jesus, on purpose, with a good friend of his, says, no, oh, you know what, I think I'll let him die. Wow. <laughs> So that I will raise Lazarus to life and I'll put your doubt in the grave. God knows what he's doing when he's pruning. There was nothing wrong with his relationship with Lazarus, right? Like it was like, Lazarus has annoyed me. I'm going to teach him a lesson. Right? Lazarus got on my last nerve. So I'm going to teach Lazarus not to back chat. It wasn't like that. But Jesus says, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm prune this part of even his own relationship. Come on, Jesus was fully human. He was fully human. And he allowed that to happen. Why? It's all good. Because God's going to raise him from the dead. And then at the same time, you will finally believe, <laughs> you'll finally get rid of that doubt. It's pretty awesome. I think sometimes, some of us, I just this is what I felt the Spirit of God was even saying, just relationally, some of us need to prune some good relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And not because they're bad. And when I say prune, I don't mean be really mean and like, I'm not talking to you, I'm not returning your text, right? I'm not sitting. Right? It's not permission, by the way, to just ignore people. But, but literally, there are some people who are good and great to have like, you know, as, as friends, but like John fifteen says, <laughs> they don't have the kind of love that would lay their life down for you. Well, right. Right. And sometimes God will even kill things in our lives. So that we legit find out who are the relationships that God's gonna the relationship that will literally lay their lives down for you. And for some of you, that in and of itself will kill your loneliness. It will kill the loneliness in Jesus' name. Can I just, I just want to go on a slight tangent here. I just want to talk about Thomas. Because in verse 16, read this. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and we'll die with him. (laughs) Has anyone else ever read that and found that like zero to 100 I love Thomas (laughs) he's like let's go and you know he didn't say this because Jesus uh, you know was going to die with Lazarus or anything like that but Jesus had been to uh, that that area earlier on and when he had been there people wanted to stone him to death and so they said to Jesus if we go back there there's going to be a risk that you're going to die and I love Thomas that's friendship Thomas says, "What ifs, man? Let's do this. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus."
1: <laughs>
0: I just, I just like that. I think, um, I think for for some of us, we need to be friends like that. I, I don't literally mean that you need to give your physical life for someone, but I think sometimes it's good if we lay down some. Some time for each other and some resource for each other and I'm getting slightly emotional because today I was so overwhelmingly blessed by some incredible people, part of this church and with that blessing not only came relief for my spirit And a refreshing for my soul. But it was this depth of understanding that I could hear God say, Hey Esther, remember, you're not alone. Oh man, did that kill. Did that kill some loneliness. Oh man, did that kill some of the lies the enemy's been speaking if we could only continue to lay our lives down like that, that God might prune some things, that we might better be able to connect with each other because we need those symbiotic relationships. And too many times, some of the relationships we have with each other or with other people, they're parasitic and they just take life from us in Jesus' name. Okay, cool. Hey um, oh thank you, Kathy. Hey, talk amongst yourselves while I fix myself. Wow. Talk, talk, talk. <laughs> okay, we're back and we're online. Hey um, music team, music team, come on, come on down. I just saw my brother's here. Hey, bro. And is is Ashley here too? Hey, Ash, happy Mother's Day. Today, um, after church in the morning, it's Mother's Day. Uh, Myself and Ben and my brother and and Ash, we went over to my my parents' church over. They have church in the Mount Wellington Rugby Club. Every Sunday, my parents are pastors over there. And um, I'm so thankful for family and for connection like that. And I walked into the end of the service and all the dads had been cooking all night, right? Every, every year this happens. And they had laid out the spread at the back of the church. And so all the fathers had been up cooking and they'd laid out and then they served all the women um, for Mother's Day and then they did all of the dishes and served all of the cups of tea. Yeah, come on, men. No. And it was, this, it was this wonderful, wonderful moment. And I just remember, you know, earlier on this afternoon, just sitting there and just being so thankful, you know, today for my friends and, and the connections in this church, but also the blessing of, of familial connection too. That's so, so important. And I know Pastor Kathy, I'm, man, shout out to Pastor Kathy who's been laying it down. <laughs> it's, man, it's so important even around family as well. Man, that we fight for family connection and loving family too. Just wanna just put that out there. But the scripture in John 15, it finishes verse four. It says, remain, Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Our job is not to decide what God prunes or removes or to even complain about it. Our job in the pruning process is to remain. We actually don't get to decide what God takes and what He prunes off. And that's why you might walk into a service and Someone might say, man, I just feel like God wants to break addiction. And you're like, well, that's a bit left field. God didn't really ask for permission about that. It's because he doesn't have to. It's because he's God. And as the vine dresser, as the gardener, he says, okay, it's time now. It's time now that this needs to be cut off. There's a moment of grace now where God says this is going to be cut off and your only job is to stay put, keep still, (laughs) to don't run, to remain, to not break off and do your own thing and be independent. But our only job is to remain in God. And get this, this is overwhelming. He says, remain in me and i will remain in you we remain in god and he literally says i'll make i'll make myself at home in your life i'll remain in you i'll stay with you i'll hold you i'll embrace you oh i will love you he literally says that he will remain in you do you know what that means that there's no darkness that will overcome you. When He remains in you, there's no trouble that will overwhelm you. When He remains in you, though you might fall, you do not fail if He remains in you. But first we've got to remain in Him. You know, man, oh, sometimes... We leave a service on Sunday and we walk out the door and then we cease to remain. And this was a challenge that God gave me and I know I've, I've given the team. I said, too many times we treat Sundays and small groups and, and, uh, and, and gatherings together. We treat them like, our, our, like a coffee or an energy drink. It's the quick pick me up. Just to get me through the next couple of days. And then when I need another pick-me-up again, I'll just go to e-group. And then I'll fill up again. Just to, But no, God says, no, remain. Have some good nutrition and remain. And stay there. And eat bread and steak and feast on the Word of God. Don't treat this like it's your spiritual energy drink. So we've got to remain. And my encouragement for that is when we remain, God is faithful. God is faithful. Faith is the substance of the things we hope for and it's the evidence of the things we cannot yet see. When we remain, God is faithful. Isn't that amazing? That God will just give you evidence every day. God will show you evidence every day. No, I'm with you. God will give you evidence every day. Know your hope. If your hope's in me, if you remain in God, He's gonna give you evidence every day, substance every day to your faith. But we've got to remain. Why don't you stand to your feet tonight? But I really want to pray. I really want to pray uh, just for those people who are addicted. And I'm not going to ask you to lift your hands or to come down the front. And I'm going to hand over to Pastor Ed very soon. But for those people who are addicted, come on. I just want to pray and believe with you. In church, if you're here and this isn't for you, would you pray and would you... Can we join our faith together tonight? Would you close your eyes? You're the healer, oh, Jehovah Jireh, how provider, Jehovah. if you you know you want to be free of this addiction, would you just begin? Would you just begin to ready your heart? And would you begin, if you dare to tonight, to just say, God, in Jesus' name, I give this to you. I don't want to struggle with this anymore. I don't want to desire for this anymore. And Lord, we declare in Jesus' name, every addiction be broken in the name of Jesus. You are the conqueror of sin and death and every obstacle that would seek to separate. So we declare in the name of Jesus, oh, every addiction to a substance broken in the name of Jesus, every addiction to pornography broken in the name of Jesus, we declare.